you are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Catherine, the encyclopedia, Carolyn, the bookworm, Madeline, the wild card, and Mackenzie, the eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception, and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, and join us for mostly murder. But sometimes not. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Mostly Murder But Sometimes Not. I am your host for this episode, Mac O'Brien, and with me, as always, are my three intrepid sisters. I'm Katie. I'm Carrie. And I'm Maddie. <laughs> Where are they? And I'm Mac. We're here to solve some mysteries and have a fun time. So, no. my parents we are We finally dead. got around to it, guys. We're doing Batman! Specifically, we are doing the 1993 movie Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Batman Mask of the Phantasm was a 1993 animated feature by Warner Brothers Entertainment. The story surrounds Batman as he investigates a mysterious caped vigilante named the Phantasm, who's been murdering high-profile mob members, leading city council member Arthur Reeves to point the finger at Batman. Bruce Wayne's life is further complicated by the re-emergence of Andrea Beaumont, his former fiancée. The story is intersected with flashbacks of Bruce Wayne's conflict between forging the Batman identity and finding a more peaceful and happy life with Andrea. While in the present, Batman starts to suspect Andrea's father, Carl Beaumont, a wealthy businessman whose life was interrupted with a mob called on a loan they had given him, one of the last remaining mob bosses, Salvatore, called upon the Joker to kill Batman, as the Joker had been a hitman for the mob before he fell in a vat of clown chemicals. Following a series of chases and the revelation that Carl Beaumont had been killed by the mob years ago, it was revealed in a climactic battle that Andrea was the phantasm, killing mob members as a revenge for her father's death. Yes. As the final set piece went up in flames all around them, Batman was unable to stop Andrea as she and the Joker disappeared into smoke and to a mysterious fate. Bruce Wayne finishes the movie with the solemn knowledge that he could never return to the life he once had with Andrea and returns once again to the mantle of the bat. Beautiful. Excellent. So, tell me, what did you guys think about this one? We'll start with Katie. Well, do we want to do our Batman history? Because, I mean, well, have we all seen the Nolan films? Yeah. I yeah. think. And then I've seen the Keaton stuff and the Adam West stuff, but I have never watched any of the animated series at all, even like this stuff. And I had known about it because like of the animation exhibition we went to at the DIA that one time. And then I did a presentation on animation as a museum object one time. So we talked about Batman because of the stylistic stuff about it. But I had never actually watched it. So Yeah. This was uh, yeah. Now Mac, I had done I did zero research because I wanted to go in fresh, so I have a question for you. This yes. is this done by the same people and part of the same kind of like universe as the Batman animated series itself? Yes. Uh so basically how it went about was 
Originally, there was the Batman movie, the one with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Uh, that one sort of that was excited the public. Yes, that excited the public about Batman enough that they decided that they wanted to make an animated series. And fortunately, they decided not to make it a direct tie-in like the Ghostbusters movies. Yeah. Uh, the Batman animated series initially came out before this movie. And they actually thought that this movie was going to end things for the series until everything got renewed with the new adventures of Batman and Robin, which continued it well into the future. Uh, then the new adventures of Batman and Robin started tying together with the Superman show, which eventually culminated into uh, the original Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited. Okay. In a weird... in a Oh, and then Batman Beyond. In a weird sort of sense, they're all kind of connected. Okay. So it's all connected even with the live action stuff, kind of, because it's still DC as a whole? No. Um, You could kind of tell from the animated style. They originally started out with a much more basic animated style when the show first started out until they got into a more sharpened, more brightly colored, more 90s-ish aesthetic uh, later on. But you could still kind of tell that everybody belonged in the same universe. Now, Carrie and Maddie, have you seen any of the animated show? No, I think like I saw Batman most when I was a kid as uh, on Cartoon Network. Wouldn't he kind of show up sometimes like to introduce the next show or something? <laughs> I think they that's did part of the have Justice animated tableaus as introductions. Yeah. What do you say, Mac? They did have some animated tableaus as introductions. Okay, um, yes. Yeah, I never. I don't, I don't think I watched any of the actual Batman animated series. Like maybe an episode or two, like if it was on at like a babysitter's house or something. Um, <laughs> but I do remember watching a significantly larger portion of Batman Beyond, which I don't a hundred percent remember a lot about, but it was Wait. cool at the time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all of us have probably seen all of the Nolan movies, so. Yeah, and Katie and I actually watched some of the Keaton movies. We went okay, up to I have the a question Kilmer about one, this. right? Yes. I don't, did we actually watch the Val Kilmer one? I think we did. Did we? Were I'm we drinking? The one with Jim Carrey as the Riddler? Because I don't remember that very well, but I was trying to remember. Do you remember so the, nipples? I, the nipples? The nipples were That Clooney. wasn't the nipple one. That was George Clooney. Oh. Which... I, I remember okay. the nipples. I remember having watched those in the 90s because I remember my Girl Scout troop counselor when I went to camp one time was obsessed with Chris O'Donnell. So she, that's all she would talk about. And so when I got home, I convinced mom to let me rent that Batman movie with him in it. And I, mm. I watched it and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I felt bad. But so I know I've seen it, but like I was trying to think last night of how much Batman stuff I was aware of and I could not remember. Like, I don't remember Schwarzenegger at all. Katie, like, I'm pretty I, I've sure... I've seen we, pictures. Do you remember... I feel like you would remember the Kilmer one where Jim Carrey is the Riddler and they he has that thing that he puts on people's TVs. Do you remember? And he uses it to, like, suck the brain power of people. Wait! Yes. Didn't we find that on TV and that's what inspired us to try to watch them all? Because we saw, Maybe. like, part of that and we were like, this is so bad, we have to watch all of these. I don't think so. I think we saw the the first Batman, and then we were like, we should just continue. I know I've seen watched... the first, the two Keatons, because, do you remember that from high school? 
who played no. um and it was a really not a great singer but like a okay guy okay sure he was obsessed with batman basically and that's all he would talk about so and Katie i decided to try to be cool by watching batman i did actually well no because i learned how to play the theme song on the piano and so i played it one time and he was excited cool. and i was like that's right i'm cool so anyway i'm pretty sure so you have me seen danny zuko <laughs> oh i didn't want that actually <laughs> so well I think everybody can pretty much figure out how excited I was for this because superheroes are kind of my jam. Yeah, and, and well, DC especially. So whole, mysteries tend to intersect with a lot of different genres. And when you do, you generally tend to get a lot of different movies. When they mix with horror, you can get movies like Scream. Uh, when they mix with uh, history, you can get noir. And when you mix uh, detectives with superheroes, you pretty much have to wind up with Batman. Is Bat the first Batman comic? Wasn't that called like Detective Comics? Yes, it was. Cause I I told mom and dad what I was watching yesterday, and they're like, "Is that a mystery?" And I was like, "Kind of." <laughs> I mean, Batman is supposed to be a detective. I never really got the whole "oh, greatest detective" thing. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, Batman didn't even show up until number twenty-seven. Of Detective Comics? Yeah. Oh. Interesting. So who was in the first ones? Superman, right? I I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> number one. The number one Superman. Who weren't as marketable. <laughs> <laughs> they just um, randomly. Oh, I bet that they just had like people wait, wait. on dice that they would just like throw and be like, all right, we're going to make what about this one and see if it takes <laughs> off. What Mac, about this guy? Actually. So I did learn a bit about the initial concept of Batman. Apparently, he is based off of one of uh, Da Vinci's old flying machines. Ooh. I have seen that flying machine. And I thought to myself, this looks like Batman. <laughs> and now you're blowing my mind. Because <laughs> there was well, like yeah, a I cowl mean... thing, too, for underwater stuff. Batman was based on Da Vinci. Well, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, the initial drawing, I think, was by Bob Kane, <clears throat> uh, but potentially by another guy named Bill Finger. Uh, but I don't know. I think, okay, cartoon, wait, Mac, so you have stuff. watched Mac, all Mac, if you're going to call him out, don't mumble about it. Yeah. I have watched all of these. So you've watched... Well, actually, you're very... Not every single one. Okay, but you are, you are like the DC person of our family, and you've watched all these Batman. Yeah, Katie, oh, let yeah. Mac finish his thoughts. I know. I I mean, no, I kind of want to see what you guys thought, because I specifically chose Mask of the Phantasm, not because it was the first uh, DC animated movie within this weird universe of theirs, but I believe it's one of the best ones. It's not the best one, and it's also not the best detective story, because that's somewhere between Mystery of the Batwoman uh, or Gotham by Gaslight. I chose this one because I felt it had a nice balance between story and mystery, and I'd like to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, the weird flashbacks really threw me off because I was wondering if there's like this much like romance and Bruce Wayne history in the normal comics because it, it felt very um origin story type to me. It was partially based off of uh, Batman Year One and Batman Year Two, which were a pair of comics that were meant to sort of redefine Batman's origin. So I have actually not really read most 
I don't think I've read almost any DC Comics, period. But I have read The Killing Joke, and when I was watching this, it was giving me reminders of that because there's a showdown with the Joker in that comic in a abandoned amusement park. And I don't know, Mac, is that like a thing with him where he finds these places? Or is that just a coincidence that this is also now has an abandoned World's Fair? I want to add on to it. Does he run into the Joker every time as well? It's sort of an inside joke, just how many abandoned warehouses, theme parks, and and like fair type situations are around Gotham to the point where people kind of joke like 90% of the Gotham waterfront is abandoned parks of some kind. <laughs> well, then well, that's my follow up problem. All yeah, that prime my... real estate just sitting there. <laughs> my follow up question, though, is there's approximately how, like what, five or ten years between the flashbacks and what's happening in the current day, right? Actually, 10 to 15. So, like, I mean, how yeah, much yeah. happened in Gotham for it to go down that, like, to become so bad? I think they primarily use those as an example of the difference between the American promise and what actually happened. Because, you know, a lot of World's Fairs come out with these big, grandiose ideas for how the future's going to be. I mean, hell, in 1939, they advertised robots. Yeah. And now we're just here, and the reality of robots is... <laughs> Where uh, are the robots? Corporate, uh, they're flying around the sky, and they're owned by Amazon. Yes, Katie. Yeah. Actually, I had just watched the first episode of the Imagineering story on Disney+, and they were talking about Disney's stuff that he was doing at the 1964 World's Fair, and the designs were so close. Like... They yes, they ahead, based yeah. I was the gonna ask song, you. It, they based the song they based it primarily off of two different World's Fair. They based a lot of the attractions on the nineteen thirty nine World's Fairs, including like jet engines, the Ferris wheel, uh the robot was actually based off of a robot at the thirty nine World's Fair that uh, could smoke. Cool. Whoa. Uh but a lot of the other stuff, the mobilizing platforms and and even the song they based off of the 1964 World's Fair, including the Small World song that uh, Walt Disney did for I it. was going to say, the monorails and stuff reminded... And literally, the thing that I sent you guys of the like the world's first mocap suit of that guy in that weird contraption that looks like a torture device mm-hmm. was literally for the Carousel of Progress, which they almost directly replicated in the Batman thing of like the housewife chopping is an actual animatronic at Disney is like that type if of thing you think Very about cool. it we kind of already have all of our robots they just don't look like people that's I, true i did love the notion of using the world fair as a flashback versus showing it now to kind of batman's past and by extension the past of a lot of metropolitan american cities back in the 50s of uh, 40s and 50s did have that much promise, just like Batman's life had that much promise with Andrea. I, I'm, I'm going to get deep into that later on. <laughs> but as that sort of promise of the future sort of failed to the realities of the present, Gotham dilapidated, therefore the World's Fair dilapidated, and Batman's life dilapidated as well. It's, it's, it's impossible to avoid the fact that it genuinely got darker. Is it? It's called a metaphor. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because I I know that it's mostly a projection, but the six like the seventies and eighties undeniably saw a rise in crime as compared to the forties and fifties and corruption specific. Parti- yes, crime and corruption, particularly in metropolitan areas, and that's kind of what's emulated by Batman. I mean, yes, you could bring up the concept that a lot of 80s reaction to the rise of crime did lead to a lot of social ills that we're still dealing with today. <coughs> but, <coughs> yes. But yeah, I, that doesn't stop the fact that Batman's stories can still be very involved and very uh, Relevant? touching in a lot of yeah. different ways. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. If I want to speak to that, I was surprised at how much how personal the story was when you were like i really want to do batman and we were like fine i guess he's a detective and we did do mary kate and ashley so whatever um (laughs) like i was surprised that yes there is a mystery and he's trying to figure stuff out but it was more about batman and her and what he has to give up to live this what he thinks he has to give up to live this lifestyle i don't think he actually has to give it up maybe with her because she is killing people but <laughs> yeah no that's i thought that was very interesting like we see him get like decide to move on from this vow that he'd made to his dead parents like when he was talking to the grave and was like you know i guess i could just you know give money to the city and they can take care of stuff i was like that's very sensible it's probably a lot better <laughs> than the one dude running around in a mask beating up like criminals i think that scene where he's like weeping at his parents grave not because it hurts so much but because it doesn't hurt as much as it used to is what i feel the heart of this movie is yeah because sorry well, i was gonna say the one thing I know about Batman is he's like sad and depressed about his parents forever. And you're kind of like, pain. go to therapy and like learn how to deal with it. I yeah, like that she like, kind of calls oh, him out. It stopped hurting so bad. What's wrong? Yeah. Time, like she... I moved on. I'm happy. Gross. <laughs> Joke all you want. It's it, I will admit a lot of the Batman mythos is kind of him being stuck up on his parents. But... My parents are dead. <laughs> this is the first one that acknowledged that there is a Batman beyond the pain of his parents' death. Him accepting that it doesn't hurt as much anymore. Like the, she called the him Batman, very moody. The Sorry. Batman isn't all that he is. Like he's more than Batman. But he he's changed. More than, kind of. He yeah. Once he lost, um, what's her face, Andrea, Andrea. in the end, Andrea. I keep calling. Her I think Barbara. I guess I haven't seen anything after that, but it looks like maybe he's, you know, just gonna fall deeper into the Batman. Mac is Andrea in the comics? Is that part of his OG story? Andrea is originally based off of a character in Batman Year Two. Uh, she's kind of a mixture of two characters because in that one there was a a murderous vigilante named the Reaper, uh, and how it was was. There was the girl that Batman was interested in, who was a young woman who was trying to be charitable in Gotham and I think was going to be a nun. But then it turned out that her father was the vigilante, 
what Batman Mask of the Phantasm was, was it just merged the father and daughter characters together. Um, I think I liked her as the character. And it's interesting that you say, like, she was based because also they had the vigilante character. Because I like that she calls him out on stuff and they make her almost an equal. But I still did not really think it was her until the end. Are you kidding me? I thought it was her dad. Like, I thought it was her dad until she found her dad dead. I literally, I was like, it's got to be her. Because also, I looked at it later. The guy who did the voice of her dad did the voice of the phantasm. So, like, there's a reason. Like, I really did think it was her dad until. Because I like that she calls him out and she knows self-defense. And she said that he's controlled by his parents, which I was like, ha ha. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, shit. Well, I thought it was her at first, and then it showed her coming into town after the first death, so I was like, oh, it's not her. So they misled me, I totally was on the right track, and it lied. Wasn't he fighting the phantasm when the police came? And then she shows up in a convertible lesson, like, very soon afterwards? Yes, because she was there, because she was right there guess but she looked <laughs> quaffed and already not like she'd been having a sweaty well, fight well i mean once immediately she took off her mask and everything in front of the joker she was perfect i guess as well it also was a cartoon yeah you know what's funny like they never like they, it's supposed to be the mask of the phantasm but like the her character as the vigilante never gets a name like Yes, the the phantasm is never named. Yeah, that like never really? happened. Like, I yes. never noticed that. I did not like, notice that. It's just like the angel of death, basically, is what she calls herself. And they never explain the weird smoky gas stuff. Yeah, well, I yes. have a big problem she, with that. How, but it's a gray, smoky, adaptogenic polymer. That she, that like never, how does she know how to use it? What's an adaptogenic, adaptogenic polymer? polymer is a made up thing. <laughs> How do they? How does it make bullets go through her? Why does it look like a Monet painting up close? I don't get it. It's not like the smoke shows up and she runs away real quick. The smoke <laughs> shows up and she's gone. How does that yes. work? <laughs> like she disappeared with the Joker. Two like, of them. And also, I don't know. How does Batman disappear? He flies he with his He's contraptions. He waits till they look the other way and runs fast. <laughs> he goes, look Just over like there. Eagle. <laughs> that he uses a grappling hook. Maybe she just runs really fast in the opposite direction to the camera. Sure. He crouches behind a box until they walk away, and he's like, hey, got him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew it was either her or her father. When they did, when they showed it was like her, like when they showed her flying in, it definitely threw me, but later on I was like, no, we never, we haven't heard from her father. We don't know anything about her father, like, currently. He, I was pretty sure he was dead. Yeah. I hated Arthur. Ugh, he reminded oh, me of yeah. Dick Roman. <laughs> I thought it was him for a bit, because, like, he had an inhaler, and I was like, ooh, did he poison himself with that smoke they keep, you know, using as a phantasm? Right. Uh, fun that fact, that cool. guy that guy is voiced by the asshole bearded guy from Die Hard. What? Oh. The guy oh. who does all the coke? Totally. 
I so, can yeah. typecast. Speaking of voices, I knew that Mark Hamill had voiced the Joker, and I didn't realize that this was him. I, it kind of sounded like him, but he does such a good job with masking his real voice that I didn't know for sure until the credits. This was him? Yeah, it that was Mark was Hamill. Mark Hamill as the Joker. I'm in wow. Maddie's, like, I knew that he had done it, and I had heard him do bits and pieces in, like, that documentary like things a couple like i don't is he in i know that voice yes okay so i think i had heard him like kind of talk about it but i'd never actually seen it played out and it was so good and maddie i think you're absolutely spot on like i knew it was him and i was like is it (laughs) like yeah well i didn't know it was him and the only reason i would have thought that is because i know that he'd played the joker before and even then i was not sure yeah yeah Mark Hamill is largely considered by many to be the best Joker. I was going to say, I really like the character of the Joker when it's done really well, but it can go so wrong so quickly. <laughs> like People point out that out of all the people that have played the Joker in the last few years, the one that didn't <clears throat> submit to the darkness was just this bright, sunny, chipper Mark Hamill who's been doing it for over 20 years. Everybody's dead. Holy crap, over 30 years. Yeah, this movie came out 30... I wonder how he would have done in, like, a live role. Uh, You need only look back to the 1980s Flash TV show when he portrayed the trickster. What? Oh. The Flash? Yes, The Flash had a TV show in the 1980s where Mark Hamill played a a brightly colored, patched, leotarded character named The Trickster. Wow. I, I love Not that. Not to be confused with The Joker. <laughs> or The Riddler. He, <laughs> hey, look, a lot of these characters kind of mix themselves up with each other. Uh, Is there a pranker? <laughs> um, Prank Sinatra? There's a Quizzler. <laughs> Not to be confused Quizzler. with the Riddler. I just started rewatching New Girl again as a background. Um, the I really like the Joker in this a lot. I think he had just the right amount of like bonkersness and nonsensicalness, but danger and kind of madness. Like I have not watched the recent either of the recent two guys. I haven't seen Jared Leto or what's his face in the Joaquin Phoenix. Thank you. So I can't really speak to them, but also I did not seek them out because I didn't care about them. So I liked Heath Ledger as a Joker. I thought that was great. I think Jack Nicholson is good for the what he's in, but I don't like it. So I was very surprised at how much I liked the character in this, actually. I saw a few snips and pieces of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and I see why people are a little contentious about it. Because on one hand... He does approach a lot of intense social concepts like social inequality and how people treat the mentally ill in this country, but also didn't really go that in-depth about it. They just kind of touched the concept and then walked away. Jared Leto's Joker, uh, which I lovingly refer to as Florida Joker, uh, (laughs) is shit. I mean, the thing is, you cannot separate that from the actor in that instance and all the shit that he did and so i'm just like it's not good it's not fun like no 
I know the I know that the original storyline of the Joker is that he was a stand up and failing, and then he used to work at that factory or something, and he agreed to take some people through it, and then that's the whole vat situation. But a vat of clown juice, by the way, is that really the backstory in the comics? Yeah, it's it's a it's so he has to put a hood on. Yeah, there's not. The original, original Joker is just, he's a silly criminal that puts on clown makeup. Then the sort of revamped, more commonly accepted one is that he was a failing stand-up comedian who, in order to make a lot of money, used his former role as a security guard at a chemical processing plant to assist in, in a robbery. But then the robbery goes bad, and he falls into a vat of chemicals, which bleaches his hair and causes him to completely psychologically fracture, therefore becoming the Clown Prince of Madness. However, sometimes people like to mix that up a little bit, and my favorite one is one where he was actually a terrible person that did terrible things to people, like, say the hitman that killed Andrea Beaumont's father, but then he only got worse after his accident. So the evil comes from his sane aspect, not his insane aspect. Not from the accident, so he can't blame it. I do agree. I mean, that's one thing that bothered me about the Joker concept movie with Joaquin Phoenix, because I was like, we've seen in recent years, there's also a lot of successful dude stand-ups who are also terrible people. So... Like it seemed like it was giving him a, an excuse or a reason, for being terrible. And it's like, no, you can, you can't just use that. Like I was hurt, so I get to hurt others, is not a thing. And I feel like this show. I mean, we didn't learn a lot about the Joker in this. It's Actually, like, it, I, like half of the it, halfway through is when he shows up. Like he wasn't in it in the. I beginning. didn't know. Did you right. guys know he was in that? Yeah. No. I was surprised. I was like, oh, the Joker. Yeah, That's why right. I was wondering if the Joker kind of factors into most Batman ma- Batman movies. The Batman. No. Uh, Mystery of the Batwoman mainly involved the Penguin. Uh, Deep Freeze, obviously Mr. Freeze. <laughs> uh, the, the point of a lot of Batman villains is that they represent a lot of different ideas. I like Mask the Phantasm because it encounters a lot of adult concepts. The other, the other Batman villain that I think is the most adult is um, Baby Doll, who is a grown woman who, because of a, a defect, uh, has the body of a child whose psyche broke when her uh, like sitcom lost its funding. But also, there's a lot of fucked up aspects in that, because you have a grown woman who has all the different, like, one, all the different messed up stuff that Hollywood does to you as a kid. But then add on to the fact that she was literally not allowed to outgrow her past. Yeah. That's messed up. I just watched it. And it was in a kid's show. It was in this, like, universe of Batman. Is the rest of the show like that? Kind of. Okay. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's a, a, a character, like, there's one of the more adult ones where there's, Supposed to be this, like, model whose face was um, scarred in some kind of operation. And so now she tries to ruin other people's uh, beautiful aspects of their life. And then at the end of the episode, you find out her face is normal. She just can't see herself as beautiful anymore. Yada, yada, yada. Darkness within. But then sometimes there's just plots that's like, hey, the penguin hypnotized a bunch of ostriches and they're going to kick everybody in Gotham. (laughs) Help us, Batman. (laughs) I want to watch that. They're going to kick me. 
<laughs> what about um the Adam West thing? Like, what's the Joker like in that? What are the villains like in that one? That one does have all the sort of corny leotard it's wearing. Camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sprayed you with loopy juice, Batman. Is that <laughs> you'll get a loopy if you don't get the antidote in twenty four hours? Is that Caesar Romero or Sid Romero or Caesar Romero? Yes. Yeah. Which he has a mustache sometimes, and they put the makeup over his mustache, so it's just <laughs> yes. white mustache yes. on white skin. <laughs> yes. Like amazing. I have seen that because I have. That's one of the shows that's randomly on like MeTV or whatever that I've and and Earth the Kid is Catwoman and it's amazing. Oh my god, that right? Is that is amazing. Um, I okay. We never actually talked about the animation style, and I have to say I love it absolutely. The you can tell like the characters stuff and the stuff that they touch is a little is very nineties. I it was giving me very like Inspector Gadget Animaniacs type Warner Brothers oh, vibes. Oh, you don't know nineties animation until you get to Blue Joker. <laughs> Oh man, I don't even want to know. Oh my god, is that the one from Batman Beyond? No, that one was just before Batman Beyond, where it's his skin is sort of Doctor Draken blue, but with like solid black eyes. Ugh. Weirdly man. enough, Ooh. I really kind of like that design. I wish I remembered anything as much as Mac remembers details about <laughs> Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, there's there a reason I was lot. excited about this. Yeah. Well, so yeah, Mac, I think the art deco style and also the stylistic choices of the backgrounds were amazing. You want to know a fun fact about the city's backgrounds? Obviously. The reason they look like that is because this was the first show that started with black paper for their backgrounds. Ooh. I really like the music, too. Yes! I was thinking about that. Music is tight was my first note. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the composer yeah. of Mask of the Phantasm cited this as one of the greatest works. Um, a little, he's right. A little, a little fun fact. That weird sort of operatic Latin uh, sounding music at the beginning. Um, it was just naming all of the different animators that had worked on this. Really? That is really cool. That's fun. So it was like, Tati Ascori, Greg DiMonico. It's <laughs> kind of like. That's cool. The subtitles just said foreign voices singing. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, all right then. I noticed also it's one the of the foreign bosses. <laughs> plinky music situation going on, which is very unsettling when it's thrown in stuff like this. The music was pretty good. I will not say that I enjoyed the animation in any way, shape, or form. What? Not even like the background design? No, I didn't really notice. I was like, "This is a cartoon." I'm there with you, Katie. <laughs> yeah, like it was no, like it wasn't like I was sitting there thinking, "Oh, this is bad." Except for a few instances, like when that one girl came to hit on Batman and her eyes were completely black, oh, and I was like, "Why yeah. is there a demon in their midst?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about Bambi. Yes, Bambi. <laughs> The Shandy's. one who uh the one who interrupted his flashback when she started dancing on the piano. Yeah. And, and he says, what about it? the I word engagement? <laughs> like, come mm. on. Bambi. I no, didn't so like that. I mean it was I wasn't sitting there like concentrating on how much I disliked the animation. I just was not a fan of like I just didn't really like it. Reflecting on it, I didn't enjoy it. That makes me sad. Whatever. Sorry. 
like I I know the animation of the characters is very of its time, and I will say some of it is not great, but the city design and all of like that, like I oh God, I love the scene where they're fighting in the miniature city, and I was like, this is so cool, and I liked it a lot, and I it's like give me big Kong versus Godzilla vibes, like really Kong versus Godzilla. I was thinking about hot. Because when they fight, yes, when poor Jimmy Dalton gets that spike through his face, and Ugh. yeah, I was it's thinking about that way. with the pseudo Chrysler building the Joker was wearing, which like what? I question the concept of that is cool. I I don't disagree, but the just execution of the design of the animation, not my fave. No, I think question? maybe you guys are more artistic, I think, than Carrie and I. So Excuse me. You, I like art. Uh, oh, okay, I like fine. Rule. Then I will just speak for myself, but you guys would notice the backgrounds more. And I think I, and possibly Carrie, but I don't know, I can't speak for her, um, would notice the characters more. And I think that the characters, I didn't really... In, like I guess the animation of the characters I think probably wasn't as good as the animation of the setting I think it was hard to connect with them like you don't really get a sense of who they are you know like what does Andrea want Andrea Revenge. sorry no no yeah, I, I mean like disagree. in the beginning when they're young and just getting to know each other and like hanging out whatever like, what is her life like? What does she want to do? I think she finds Bruce Wayne intriguing and kind of weird and funny in a way. I mean, they literally have a meet cute in a graveyard and that like is Mac. <laughs> My parents are dead. And that is <laughs> My mom is too. That's gets crossed out. <laughs> I just well, like Mac. you don't really get to know them. But Carrie, it's a cartoon that's an hour and ten minutes. Like they packed a lot in like i disagree i got the sense of kind of who she was you don't know everything but the fact that she's snarky with him she says she took a self-defense class she has like this whole fight with them like they fully yeah i don't know i think i see i I'd learn all the stuff that she seems to know in my self-defense class one of my one of the cool aspects the move that Andrea used on Bruce Wayne when she first met him was the same move that the Phantasm used on the rooftop during their fight. Oh. Interesting. See, what I like about her is that, okay, so Batman in this made me laugh a lot because he's, one of the things that bothers me about Batman is he's so moody and broody and, and like can't get over things. And he still is that way, but she calls him out on it more, which I think softens him. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I, I agree He's like, jujitsu, jujitsu, jujitsu is no joke. And she, like, immediately is like, okay, but kind of, I'm going to beat you up. Like, I don't know. I think... It's a character that's allowed to question Batman, which is sort of refreshing. Yes, that is true. I, I liked that aspect of her. But, like, that's just... Outside of Batman, who is she? Like, standing by herself, alone, who is Andrea? A daddy's girl. Exactly. I, She's defined yeah. by the men in her life. Yeah. I did have to admit there are some dated aspects of this that aren't necessarily against its quality as a film, but do sort of... in Because uh, 
the singular the first romantic point between them was when batman pinned her down in their weird little jujitsu miss holloway's self-defense class fight that was a little weird which was yeah. dated it was also the second time they met so that's a little problematic yeah i mean you can make out with someone the second time you meet or the first i guess do what you want in a graveyard but, but also, the pinning down like the, <laughs> the pinning whole down pinning thing, down so. thing was a little yeah. weird I did feel weird when I saw that. I was like, that's makes it's too powerful. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's the second when he flipped her around. Yeah. Um but yeah. So I feel like this is something that we would have a lot of notes on. So do we want to like get into notes and then discuss those? Yeah, I have I'm, I have I'm, a lot of notes. But let's start with Kate. We've talked about some of them. Um I was apprehensive about... Actually, can we start with... I was apprehensive about this being an actual mystery. <laughs> and then I found it refreshing that the first thing he does is look at clues in the garage. So he picks up the glass thing. And I was like, okay, maybe he is kind of a detective who also fights. Which There are exactly two clues in this movie. <laughs> there's two clues and they're the same clue. <laughs> but he finds actually, it twice. Three clues. I'll say three clues. Three clues. Well, so I, it was not clear to me how the Joker was really connected to the mob, other than that he was in the same picture. So that was a bit confusing to me, and they didn't really explain it. So that was a little bit of a problem for me as, in terms of a mystery. And then obviously we talked about how they don't actually answer how she disappears. So <laughs> I was like a little bit the, like, he's following clues, but he doesn't investigate them. He just well, goes, like every this is what it clue- is. Is to do with that gas, and they don't ever explain the gas. There's no, one there's clue also that the picture. Ha- yes. What picture? Oh, I guess. Oh, the yeah. picture. Yeah. The, the one that connects. Uh, I the think four his name dudes was and the Joker. Well, there are like three clues. There's the chemicals on the glass, and there's the chemicals in the grass, yep. and then there's the frame. The picture. Yep. Exactly. Picture three of clues. a bunch picture of asses. Glass. Yeah. I will those dudes who was giving me so many like nineties mob hitman goon vibe things, which I barely remember cartoons I watched back then, but of ones I probably watched that's very indicative of the time. Although you have to admit, the way the Buzz Bronski died in a grave getting crushed underneath an angel statue was pretty cold. I thought that angel was gonna be part of the story more because it was on the cover or something wasn't it wasn't there an angel on the cover uh yes okay i didn't notice um i like that andrea told batman that you look like you want to jump off a cliff (laughs) (laughs) that was funny (laughs) um i'm annoyed that he was so annoyed that they weren't afraid of him and then he immediately is like bat (laughs) which then made me think of what we do in the shadows (laughs) <laughs> um, when the phantasm thing was in the graveyard I immediately was like it's a Christmas carol and then they talked about that later on how it looked like Ghost <laughs> of Future Past Yeah, that was their yeah. original concept for the character really? yeah when they first de- described it to the artist they were like oh yeah we're thinking like real Ghost of Christmas Future sort of thing yeah um, give him a robot face <laughs> I was annoyed at Bruce Wayne for visiting his parents dressed as Batman like that was a silly idea. 
Yeah, it was very terrible. Um, I thought it was funny that he was basically just creeping on his ex with the binoculars as a weirdo. Yeah. Um, when he talked about no one's waiting at home for him, I was like, Alfred's waiting at home for you, sir. He raised you. He's your dad. He literally told you in this movie that he wiped your ass. So diapered your bottom. Sorry. He would <laughs> he never diapered be your so bo- crass. Alfred is pretty sassy in this, isn't it? I said I Alfred is oh, the queen yeah. of sass. Alfred yeah. can read a room. He knows when he needs to leave for makeout times. Yep. Dude, well, he, did they act? Not- I was like, did they bone? Yeah, they yeah, bone. Implying that they probably bone? definitely. Do you bone, know yeah. that's what it means when uh, the woman's wearing the oversized shirt, the man's shirt? It means she was naked. And was I like, just put the shirt I over just it need to a go shirt. Stand on the balcony. She does have a tendency and to I was stand there out on this morning. Look over things. <laughs> or no, I mean she's and you're she's, still there in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, well, I did not mean to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were standing over the balcony standing on the balcony in the snow with an oversized shirt on <laughs> yeah it's not how you um, do yeah whoever did that Batman. you know finger smelling thing needs to go die <laughs> that was really funny um, I wrote ACAB Batman yeah um, because of that scene I was like and also like let's defund this because there's so many resources to catching this bat who maybe you shouldn't be killing bad guys like that, but you shouldn't also like then direct all these resources and bombs to catching the Batman. Um, I thought the engagement ring was too big. Avi. He is rich. Yeah. Um, I call I thought it was her dad. I was excited about the Joker. Um more about the Joker. I liked the coloring in the hospital room. And there was another aspect of animation I noticed is when they will change things because um, Arthur's done in very blues and gray colors when he's doing the Joker laughing, which also that voice actor was so good because I was so disturbed by the laughing. Yeah, the laughing was very good. Slash yeah. very yeah. bad. The animators yeah. of Batman point out that because it's a kid's thing, they can't show the Joker straight up murdering people, but they still need to make him horrifying in some ways. So doing the whole Joker toxin making them laugh was their workaround for that. Like laughing uh, when you don't want to be. Like uncontrollable laughter and trying not to is just like you you lose your the control over your own body like that's so creepy you know that's like the premise of the joaquin phoenix joker is that he has like a one part of his uh mental illness is that he laughs uncontrollably i don't know uh that 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 toxin is how salvatore died so in the universe in this universe he doesn't necessarily kill people but he has this toxin to make them laugh and then they die. See, he's not. They're not allowed to. They're not allowed to show a Joker just straight being just like killing people. And now I'm going to put a shotgun up to your head. But they are allowed to be in like, I'm gonna put some gas on you, and then you're gonna laugh and fall over and stop moving, and we'll let the kids come to their own conclusions. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Enjoy um, that, children. I think that's worse. 
because it's really messed up. The unknown. Um, Sometimes, yeah, the ambiguity, which is kind of how you can create some real horrifying concepts. Yeah. Enjoy um, the nightmares, kitties. I wrote the note, why should he answer the call? And I don't know why. Oh, it's at Andrea Beaumont's house. Oh. Or at the end when the Batman symbol was in the sky and the police yeah, that's literally it. just tried to kill him. That's it. They were trying to call him to help. And I was like, why should he help you? You just, yeah. They just tried to shoot you. They blew you up. And yeah, they chased you a whole lot. I yeah. have two notes on that one. Uh, one, the main reason they were going after them was because uh, Councilman Arthur Reeves was calling on them too. But then Councilman Arthur Reeves found out from the Joker that it's not Batman who's killing people. It's this weird ghost of Christmas future mofo. But still, you know, maybe they could have been like, hey, Commissioner Gordon, can you ask your friend the Batman if he's been killing people? Yeah, like, can you just bring him in for questioning? Not like, let's send out a hundred people and bombs and helicopters and all that. To be fair, I don't think they had, they didn't have bombs. They just shot at gas tanks that exploded. Oh, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, him answering the phone at Andrea Beaumont's thing, that's kind of related to one of my notes, which is Joker solved it first. He, he like, used sweetie and honey as, as affectionate terms, which could be towards the Batman. He's done that before. But when he called up on the phone in Andrea's apartment, he was calling Andrea because he figured out she was the phantasm because he knew... That her father was dead, because he did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't even catch that. So really, so is Joker, he the greatest Joker detective if the Joker figured it out first? <laughs> yeah, I think the Joker is the greatest detective. <laughs> well, the Joker had special knowledge because of his own murderous deeds. <laughs> That's true. I guess. Uh, my second to last note is, oh my god, the saxophone at the end. <laughs> yes! So I... Was stopping the video, and then I heard the beginning of the saxophone, and I was like trying to hit resume, but it would only have the option to start over. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna start over." And then I had to scroll all the way through the movie, which took <laughs> not an insignificant amount of time, just to hear what that saxophone music the was about, and it did not music. disappoint. It was amazing. <laughs> it reminded me of in um. Lost Boys, the Tim Capello saxophone guy at the beginning. Yes. Do you remember that? Like the shirtless dude who's all oiled up and playing saxophone. It reminds saxophone you of Sergio. Sergio. Exactly. Sergio. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, My last note is actually something I wanted to talk about because, yes, she's on this revenge mission because her parents or her dad is killed. And... Batman is essentially doing the same thing, but the only difference is she's killing, but she's killing members of the mob. So how different really are they? Katie, it's murder. But Batman's whole thing is murder. he doesn't kill, right? But a lot of yes. times people inevitably end up dead anyway. Well, if know. they... if People die in Batman's pursuit of justice. It's usually their own faults. Like when Sal was driving that car, or Chucky, Chucky Soul? Chucky. Chucky, Chucky Soul, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
Like, if he had just driven away after, like, knocking the phantasm off his car that first time, he would have been fine. I mean, except for the, we know now that the phantasm would have gone after and killed him anyway. But, like, if it had been Batman in that situation, he wouldn't have driven Soul to the point where he drove himself off of the parking garage. Like, Batman would have let him get away and then gone after him later. Like, so, Chucky, Soul, if he had just driven away, he would have been fine. He caused his own death. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, obviously, they're trying to give parallels because of the shape of the capes and stuff. And there's a reason everyone thought it was Batman. But I just thought it was interesting to look at their two different responses with a similar vibe of, like, helping, but but also... Well, hers, hers was purely all. motivated by vengeance. That's and true. Batman was like, I'm going to try and make Gotham a better place. Gotham safer. Yeah. <laughs> by putting on a mask instead of investing in the community, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. point of order. There are several points within both the animated series and Batman in general to point out. He is also a philanthropist. He is the Thomas and Martha Wayne Foundations. I know. I just like to call him out on it. Those are my notes. So I'm sorry uh, they don't make a show about Batman making philanthropic contributions to the local police department and also community you know. organizations, Katie. You know, maybe if they did, people would think that was cooler today and that would be more of a thing in the world instead of everybody wanting to have a gun. I mean, what if they did a show about the people who work at the Martha and Thomas Wayne Foundation? Is that Thomas? Thomas and Martha Wayne, yes. Yeah. I mean, her name's Martha, because, you know, ba- <laughs> Dawn of Justice. Why would you say that name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, 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 I forgot about Why that. would you say that name? I have okay. never seen those movies. I've never seen Affleck as Batman. I don't know what that's talking about. That's oh, the um, in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, uh, one of the major resolving plot points was that. Um, Batman's mom was named Martha and Superman was being blackmailed into fighting Batman because Superman's mom is in trouble and her name's also Martha. So when Batman's when Batman's about to kill Superman, Superman's like, they're going to kill Martha because you know how you refer to your mother by her first name when you're about to die. Avi. Uh, And Batman goes, why did you say Martha? God, oh my God! Now I love my you. My mom's name is Martha too. Let's be best <laughs> friends it. and form that's a it. Justice League. That's <laughs> why. That's that's the pivotal moment. Wow! You're making I just you're made it up just now. Fun of it, but that's what happened. <laughs> that's what. Happened. Oh my God! We're best friends. <laughs> your mom's name Martha too. I'm gonna throw away this kryptonite spear that I made and rescue your mom. Ugh. I think I watched right. that. I literally remember nothing of it. I just watched clips online and I went, I'm glad I didn't spend two hours of my life doing this. I listened to a six hour manifesto by a genuine (laughs) DC fan tearing that movie apart for all of the failures it did to the Batman and Superman mythoses. And I enjoyed every second of it. Six (laughs) Six hours. hours. I listened twice the length of the movie to why the movie was bad. Were you at least like at work doing something else? Yes. Okay, that's yeah. Mac then. can listen to podcasts while he does his work. I know. I, for, I forget I can lucky. too. Nice. 
I know. I was I was almost about to start that twelve hour episode of that Cary Grant podcast. Yeah. But okay, uh, anyway, I, so my notes. Yeah. Um, it's I hate how they say her name, Andrea. Like Me like, too. Cool. You do you. Whatever. Yeah, Andy. Gonna... They what, they man? named it after the voice director. Really? Andrea Savage, she was she's a legendary voice director in the industry, and so just kind of as a joke, they were like, what if we just made it so that anytime Kevin Conroy had to talk to Batman's fiance, he was actually saying the name of the person that was also in the room. Well, that's I hate it. Awkward. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. Um, I don't care about his backstory. Like... That whole thing when they were like just like looking back in the history, I was like, why do we care about this at all? And like it made sense later, obviously, because Andrea is the phantasm and killing people. But in the beginning, I'm just like, this is pointless. They spend so much time on him like beating up those guys who stole from the warehouse when he's not in his Batman suit yet. And then him in like the the guys who were mugging that old man with his box of cash yeah like they just there's a lot of time spent on things that i think are pointless Um, but carrie i was thinking the same thing but i think aren't those are just like fight scenes for little children basically like i don't know he's a cool superhero the cash box thing was bruce wayne realizing he could genuinely die trying to stop crime and he has something to live for now yeah, I mean, like, it's I got that Alfred. part. But the thing with the people on the truck. It was a lot of time work. spent, I agree, on cartoon fighting. It was one, cool yeah. that Batman had his little voice recorder when he was, like, taking notes at the graveyard. I was like, yes, good job, you. Dale Cooper. What? I don't remember that. He had a, When he was in the graveyard and he was... um looking at the grass and like saying that there's oh, chemical, yeah, there was, like, yeah. chemical stuff he had that box in his hand which i'm pretty sure was a tape recorder yeah, yeah. like i think he was recording notes for himself like a journalist or um, a detective like like an actual detective. The guy in twin peaks when he talks to diane all the time oh yeah dale agent um um i didn't like that they didn't give us a time frame like that was a problem in a previous thing that we recorded that i don't remember was but, like, it the they last don't... one was it i think it was the last one what did we record before uh midsummer, oh, midsummer murders. murders yeah they didn't yeah, yeah. that was a problem like because alfred has black hair in the flashbacks and then he has white hair in like the regular the time in, like present day and we're to assume that batman has been doing his batman thing that whole time like how long is batman batmaning around gotham like 20 30 years like that's a long time maybe alfred's white hair is a direct result of the one person who i guess i don't really know alfred's life but (laughs) like a person who's extremely important to him is risking his life and doing foolish things all the time but then the the gangsters are all older too like how like there's that one guy well the gangster life's a hard life girl don't I know it? It's hard being <laughs> like, a gangster. It's just, it feels like a lot of time. A lot of time. Um, They probably just had to give very obvious visual cues that time has passed. Because kids might not understand the concept of like 10 years. They could have just said years. like 10 years later. 
And Wait. Andrea and Bruce look exactly the same. Pretty much. Yeah, I know. I was like, Andrea has better hair. So everybody day. else has to look different. Um, there was a lot of romance for a kids movie cartoon. Kids card, kids like romance. Like there was one part where there was like a close up on them kissing, and I was like, this mouth meeting close up. <laughs> I don't need in my cartoon. <laughs> Fun fact. The two people that had to record that kissing scene were in different recording studios on different days across the country. So weird. So they had to be like, okay, uh, Kevin Conroy, well, we've got Dana Delaney's makeout noises on your headset. So go ahead and try to match your <laughs> as best you can. I can't. I was just going to say, that would be really weird. Like, I was thinking just... about making kissing noises into the microphone, but I was like, I don't want to act as though I'm kissing any of you. Yeah, yeah. no. But it's just, hey, Kevin Conroy, we're going to send you some mouth noises real quick. Do your magic. I think that's one of the weirdest things about voice acting is making all the noises. Like, even when you're fighting. I was, yeah, I was listening to episode three of Undressing Bridgerton with Felicia Day and Tom Lank, which is great. And I love it. And they were talking about laughing in voiceover and like how you, it's really, really hard to laugh convincingly um, when you're doing voice acting. And Felicia Day was saying like she usually does like a really silly laugh, like that's ridiculous. And then we'll then laugh at that laugh. And then they'll use that take because it's just, it's really, really hard. And that's what I was noticing when um, Arthur was in his, like, laughing spree because of the Joker. Like, he has to, first of all, laugh convincingly. And then also kind of sound like he doesn't want to be laughing. Like, it's such a, a, like, a weird pull, you know? What are some weird laughs that would get you to laugh at your own laugh? The Woody Woodpecker laugh. <laughs> I think of <laughs> if someone tried to do Goofy, I like the yuck. That's not necessarily a laugh, though. Okay, you know what yeah, was even goofy harder? Falling off a cliff. Uh, first of all, Goofy always finds it a little bit funny when he falls off of a cliff. <laughs> Second true. of all. Um, the most impressive thing about this is not only do those people have to laugh, but this is before Aladdin changed the uh, voice acting game and made it so that you had to animate after the recordings. So not only they had to laugh, they had to laugh matching the characters that had already been animated. Why did Aladdin change? Aladdin the movie or the TV show? Aladdin the movie, because, you know... Aladdin the movie uh, started out with Robin Williams being instructed to do a bunch of stuff, but then Robin Williams is Robin, Robin Williams, Williams, and they were like, yeah. okay, this is better than what we wrote, so we have to go back and change this. That's cool. So that's what changed. So before it was they would animate first and voice later? It's not the sole thing, but it's what most people point to. Kind of like how there yeah, were like a bunch of light bulbs, and then Thomas Edison cheated, and his was the main one that was remembered. Hmm. Oh. So Aladdin is not the only thing, but it's the one that everybody points to. Because because That's Robin cool. Williams is so ubiquitous in his, like, s- going off the script. You mean yes. his Nips. improv? Something else. Just I everything. Don't, yeah. I don't think city councilmen get offices like Arthur had. Like, that was, like, a 
or the attention that he gets. Like city council or, people, or they, are, they, I don't think they get to point the police after somebody. Exactly. Like you don't have that kind of power as a city council person. Maybe as like somebody in New York, they might have more power and fame. I don't know. I think that Batman gave us an unrealistic expectation for the municipal process. <laughs> That's the real I problem. Services. Um, I feel like city council people, especially Mac. Is it true that Gotham is kind of like Chicagoy and Metro Metropolis is kind of New Yorky? Yes, people generally refer to. Well, yes, even though the World's Fair in Gotham was based off of the World's Fair in New York. Gotham is generally referred to as more Chicago-y, if not specifically because Chicago is a sort of gangland, classical style. Like, going back to the World's Fair, the 1898 World's Fair sort of defined how Chicago would look, with all of its buildings being uh, made, like, with gargoyles set about, and all the buildings are decorative. Yeah. Maddie will learn a lot about that in the book that she's reading. Yeah, I'm reading Devil in the White City, and they're already talking a lot about architecture. So anyway, yes, Gotham is generally seen as Chicago. New York is generally seen. Uh, Metropolis is generally seen as New York. However, they do borrow from each yeah. other sometimes. Well, I was thinking that because I'm sure that the people who actually work in Chicago municipal offices are like, no, our offices are in dank basements of buildings that should be condemned, <laughs> not high rises. <laughs> but is he is he corrupt? Yes, I actually couldn't tell. Yes, yeah, he well, got sort of. Like he, he sold, sold the location of her parents, but he did he take money? Yes. He took yes. he took money, but he doesn't continuously take money. So he made a corrupt deal. He's not actively corrupt. He's not so I know, I guess he has that connection with corrupt people that yeah. they could use over him, so we don't see the whole of his life, Mac. He probably has shady dealings in other places. He is voiced by that asshole from uh, Die Hard, yes. Yes. So, um, and then my last note, uh, did anyone else see that WB logo in the, like, the miniature city? Yeah. Yes. I was like, come on, WB. It took me out a little. A little weird. bit, yeah. Okay, Maddie. Um, my first note was that it took way longer for Batman to catch up to the Phantasm than it should have. When the Phantasm and Saul are having, uh, Charlie Saul, Chuck Saul, Chucky Saul, Chucky, Chucky, Saul. Chucky Saul, are having that whole exchange in the parking garage. And Batman is literally left almost at the same time that Chucky Saul did. And they have this entire scene before Batman even like crosses the bridge that um, connects the parking structure to the building that they were in. Well, the scene they didn't show you was Batman going back and stomping the table down on that guy 138 more times. <laughs> wow, that would be darker, yes, I guess. Um, but um, this just reminded me of in freshman year of college or sophomore year, um, my friends and I were obsessed with the college humor Batman series. Um, Pete Holmes. Uh huh. Isn't it Pete Holmes who played Batman? Yes. I'm not sure. Okay. But yeah, so I watched a bunch of those and then um my friend sent me the actual video that I keep quoting uh and it's this guy just wa- uh walking around Toronto being like my parents are dead and he like walks into a Starbucks and is like where are they? 
Where are the other drugs going? And just yelling at people. Hmm? Is he in a Batman mask or just? Yeah, he's like dressed completely like like 100% looks like Batman. And he goes on the subway and is like, where is the other truck going? And yelling at people. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Mac, you should do that. Like running down the street going, my parents are dead. I don't think we mentioned when we started this uh, Skype process to record this podcast. One of us was wearing a Batman costume. Oh, yeah. Guess which one it was. It's just as hot and sweaty as you might think. Even Batman casual without the sleeves. <laughs> Batman <laughs> tropical. I didn't have time to put the gauntlets on and it's difficult to type. Yeah, I oh, guess. Man. And then I was just kind of surprised that Gotham had the World's Fair, but then I guess if it's modeled after Chicago, Chicago had the World's Fair. Um, so. I mean, Tennessee, Knoxville had the World's Fair. Remember? What? I don't remember that. Did you go to there was that ID? giant golden orb thing? That was that part of the World's Fair. Globe thing in Knoxville was was it 1984 or nine? What globe thing? There's a in giant golden globe thing. It's in like Knoxville, a tower Tennessee. with a globe on it. Is that the one that we took selfies in front of? Yeah. You can't expect me to remember things that happened two, three Last years year? ago. Two years ago. <laughs> it wasn't last year, Mac. It was, um, it was a year and a half ago. Did Time I not go? Anyway. Was that the one anyway, I missed? No, no you were there, you were but there. We, you, we just there for the Asheville parts, not the... I don't think I don't think you guys realize just how desperate Chica- like Chicago is for World Fair. I don't care how desperate Gotham is. Chicago had the World's Fair in the middle of the Great Depression. If people have weird stuff they want to show off... Like an animatronic dinosaur, or a whale skeleton, or the invention of cotton candy. They're gonna make it happen. Are there still World's Fairs? Yes. The last one was in 2015. Hmm. Although they're called World Expos now. Hmm, where was it? Ah, France, I think? But I could be wrong. Let me look it up. Dubai... Dubai is really kind of uh, lobbying hard to have it there. Of course. I mean, that's where all the money is. Buildings, yeah. They have all those buildings. <laughs> They've got. Uh, I don't they have the tallest building in the world. They have the tallest building. They have a lot of outlets of very famous museums, like the V&A and the British Museum. All have like a a building there now, and like yeah stuff. Yeah. Anyway, well, while Mac looks that up, uh, uh, yes, uh, last year it was in the United Arab Emirates and in Dubai. Uh, last there's year? one sketch. Yes, Expo 2020. That's a what? what? When? Wait, hold up. Never mind. That's this year. That's happening this year. Is it though? 2021. 10-2021 to 4-2022. Interesting. And then there's one scheduled for 2023 and one scheduled for 2025. And they all have different themes. Are they all in the UAB? Or uh, no. This year is uh, the UAE. Uh, 2023 is Argentina. And 2025 is Japan. Argentina. Uh, the last, me. the last oh. one that took place in the United States was in 1984 in New Orleans. Cool, sounds cool. about right. They should have um, done Wonder Woman 84 there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Maddie, continue. No, you're fine. Um, I as soon as they did the World's Fair and they were talking about the future, I'm like, uh, Batman's gonna have a bunch of feelings about this. Uh, future, <laughs> uh, commitment, uh, happiness. <laughs> So I got mad. 
Um, can we? Can that be the tagline of all the Batman movies? Batman's <laughs> gonna have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> yeah, and then the big thing I had a lot of problems about was how Andrea's father said that he just wanted a chance for her, and he borrowed all of this money from mob people. And I'm like, that is the stupidest fucking excuse because he wants to be rich. He did not want like better opportunities for his daughter if he did then he would have you know just not he wouldn't have endangered her by doing that that's so stupid you don't need to be like uber rich to give somebody the life that you know is good and just it was just such a selfish thing for him to say and and then he makes her it was just bullshit he makes her drop her whole life She's in love with this man. Yeah, and she's they were like, get married. they were going to get married. They just got engaged and then she just had to leave because her dad decided that he's going to use her as a smokescreen to get money. But it's for her, so it's okay. Yeah, it was stupid. And I don't think that they... I don't know. I don't think he They didn't condemn her. him for it. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, I don't... They didn't address the fact that it was wrong of him to do this at all, really. She right. yelled at him for like a second and then was like, all right, I'll come with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And then um, my last note is what kind of fabric is the bad cape? Because it's so flowy and beautiful, but yet mm-hmm. can support his weight. Also, when he, he like glides. He shakes around those like plain things in him and then he like immediately smashes goes, like smashes them and then puts it right back on himself it's gotta be I magic fabric cotton, i found a cotton polyester blend with a little bit of elastic tends to help hmm. you know count on mac real. to have the practical answer um so that's the end of my notes mac what do you got what do you got to All cover right. well let's see most of two pages <clears throat> Wow. Wait, that we haven't covered? Uh, correct. <laughs> One, uh, they did the most of what they could with 1993 computer-generated introductions, and it actually looked pretty good. Two, uh, when I saw the Phantasm waiting for Batman to see them before shooping away in that gar- uh, garage in the beginning, I was like, Batman faces that which he always has. Dramaticism. <laughs> Three, imaginary conversations with dead and or imaginary people. Andrea Beaumont, I get it. Four, uh, in the flashback, there was a store that was just called Big Hat Men's Clothes, and I loved it. <laughs> I did Right? I was like, that's an actual big hat. <laughs> Next, um, on Carrie's note, I will admit the punching in this is a little Star Trek. Yeah. Wah! <laughs> 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 Uh, this next note comes courtesy of Alex. Uh, she was a little confused during that, uh, truck chase scene in the, uh, the flashback. One of the cops had a mug, like a regular mug in the car, like a Mom ceramic mug. Mom does Mom that. Mom does that. That's weird. It is next. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. Um, uh, the, f- the first time Batman sees Andrea Beaumont, um, uh, when she comes back into Gotham, He's right there next to his parents' grave. And I was just like, two seconds in your identity is already spoiled. Damn, Batman. Yeah. Is that when she 
like kind of discovers that he's Batman or like do you think she knew already? I think that's the moment because she was like, <gasps> Bruce? I think so as well. I mean, he did all the jujitsu and the fighting people that were stealing from that other guy. All right, next. How did nobody put that one car in the World's Fair and the Batmobile together? That would be like somebody seeing somebody with Elon Musk's weird electro truck that was supposed to stop a rock from crashing the window and thinking, huh, I wonder who could be driving that around. Yes, Katie. I mean, we haven't we just demonstrated that most people don't know anything about the World's Fair at all and how many of us could recognize the style of a car a couple years after it was at the World's Fair. Like, we've been to the auto show a lot. I don't think I could point to a single concept car if it came out all in black with a bat on it. You'd look it up if somebody was driving around the streets of St. Clair punching dudes while dressed up as an ocelot, okay? What? It would be Detroit, not St. Clair. (laughs) Maddie, get closer to your mic. (laughs) We are Next still doing up, a podcast. Uh, during the flashback, um, Andrea Beaumont was using a rotary car phone, which I just thought of as novel. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Or that's the opposite of novel. The f- one funny note that I thought of, during the engagement, a bunch of bats burst out of a hole in the floor, and I just thought that the bats were uh, uh, indicative of like Batman's own angst accusing him of cheating on them. <laughs> You're cheating Batman, on us. The best. We were Batman. in your life first. We were supposed to be together, bats. <laughs> <laughs> we were a forever thing. But he wasn't even Batman then, so. I know, I know. Uh, next, um, Andrea Beaumart's clap back for Batman by saying, The only one controlled by their parents is you. I just wrote, Get freeze to put some ice on that burn. Yeah. I loved that line. That was a good line. Uh, Around, I'm going to say three quarters of the way, uh, after seeing the Phantasm one more time, the only thing that came to my head every time I saw him after that was, bro, do you even vape? Next. (laughs) (laughs) That scene where Batman's avoiding the cops and he has to lose his cape, he's a lot less intimidating without the cape, I have to say. For real. Oh, yeah. Without the cape, he's just... He's a dude in spandex. (laughs) He's a dude in in light gray spandex. Torn to shreds. It's all about the With cape, underwear man. on the outside. Like, he's just, like, wearing tights. All right. Next up, uh, I only have two more notes after this. One, everything aside, everything we just said is locked in. But also, and an abandoned World's Fair is just a baller place to fight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, the Joker cool. picked a pretty sweet place to to lay down. I thought it was cool. I like. I I thought it was weird that those gold statues were still totally, like, there and not broken down, (laughs) but... Well, usually they break things down, but also a lot of World's Fairs are still left up just because people... They're built in places where nobody gives a crap. Well, they're more like they they become parks or something, or, like, the building... Like, the Eiffel Tower is still there, there, but not (laughs) everything else. Yeah, I think it's like a golden ball is still there, but not everything... like. St. Louis has like a huge park area that was for the World's Fair and the only things left are the zoo and the art museum and the rest of it is still a park. Knowing Gotham, all the money meant for uh, deconstructing that stuff was probably embezzled. Yep. True. 
Maybe that's why it's abandoned. Office. It's it's also just kind of a cool idea that you know. The the Joker's been in abandoned amusement park after abandoned amusement park after abandoned amusement park on the docks after abandoned amusement park inside of a warehouse after abandoned amusement park inside of the park. That for once, figuring something else that makes sense for wacky and yet realistic, abandoned World's Fair is not a bad place to start. I really liked the font. Is that weird? No. That's not weird. I liked the font at the World's Fair. And uh, my last note, there was a split second part where it showed the Joker being attacked by the Phantasm and gripping around for a weapon. And his hand was well within reach of a knife, but I did appreciate that he instead grabbed a large roll of bologna that he then smacked around (laughs) Andrea Beaumont with. The moment I saw the knife and the bologna, I was like, he's going to pick the bologna. Oh, another small Joker detail. This isn't in the notes, by the way, but I did. I I liked that whenever he jokingly like pinched a bit off of the robot, uh, uh, like housewife in that weird display, he took a piece of he took he took a piece of Hazel into his pocket whenever it fell off. That was very strange. Like what a weirdo. He just, I know. Like, takes rubber, like robot skin. I mean, it's his ah. his wife, you guys, for the day. Ugh. He loves her. Oh, uh, also a couple of little fun facts behind the scenes. They thought that this was going to be the end of the Batman animated series, which is why they left it sort of in the air whether or not the Joker was still alive or not. Mm. Because uh, I will say this is one of at least two or three instances that I'm aware of throughout the Batman mythos where they thought that it was going to end. So they made it seem like the Joker died but didn't confirm it because the other thing is at the end of the killing joke the joker tells batman a joke and they're both laughing but then by the end of like the multi-series panel last page only batman is laughing that i mean one of the reasons i read it is because it's considered one of the best batman stories but the end of that yeah where they're laughing together and then by the way um there's also a reason I didn't pick the Killing Joke animated movie for this, and that's because it has a really, really shitty first act where it implies Bruce Wayne would have a relationship with Barbara Gordon. Oh. The, like, 18-year-old daughter of the guy he works with, Barbara Gordon. No. I don't like it. How about not? Yeah, I know. I didn't appreciate that. The second half fucking kicks ass, but, but the first half is, meh. No. I I appreciated in the first half there was this weird concept where like the Joker is sort of a, a stalker for Batman and there was this creepy guy who was kind of a stalker for Batwoman and Batman was trying to be like it's different for you because this guy's a stalker and you're a woman and it's more about how he views you rather than how Joker views me and I don't know there was a lot of stuff anyway stabs and stars folks let's start off with Maddie um I guess I would give it 6.5 stars and stabs. I would say six. Because he doesn't really, I mean, he has those clues. He doesn't really follow up on the chemical stuff. um, And everything he gets is from the picture, which... I mean, I guess he figures out it's the Joker and that's how he 
makes the lead. Okay, I'm saying seven stabs and six point five <laughs> stars. But okay, I'm gonna go yeah. with seven stars, four stabs. I think I'm gonna do five stabs because I don't like that we don't know how she does it, <laughs> and I think one of the a things polymer. about a mystery is that there's an answer. Adoptogenic. Um, but actually, I think for what it is, I'd probably go eight stars because I I thought it was compelling. I thought it was a good Batman story. I liked the design, the animation, the voice acting was great. I know we only talked about Mark Hamill and the um, Arthur guy, but everyone was great. And yeah, Mac. I I'm gonna give the same one that Katie did. I think eight stars. It had uh, fantastic design about it. Uh, they thought that this was going to be the end. They actually released this one in theaters instead of on video, like they thought they would. Whoa. Uh, but yeah, uh, only f- uh, five stabs, eight stars. Uh, I think is what I'm gonna give this one. Cool. <laughs> you guys want to hear the PBS? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Oh and no. boy. Oh boy. I will say that I kind of conglomerated some of the, like, henchmen, robbers. Like, I didn't make them all a thing, even if they had a line. Okay. But still, it's 12 men. And let's say two and a half women. (laughs) You have Andrea. 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 And then you have her dad's secretary, Virginia, who did get a name and had two lines. And then the three women who try to hit on Bruce Wayne, I kind of count as one because their sole purpose is to be annoying. Well, then I guess it'd be three and not 2.5. Yeah, I guess it'd be three. I mean, yeah. I guess the the redheaded woman that splashed a drink in his face showed up in an earlier episode of Batman the Animated Series, but she wasn't given a name there either, so... I thought we'll that was Andrea. The Bambi the demon woman had oh, a name. No, that, wasn't, that was not Andrea at the party that splashed a drink in his face. Oh, then... no. That was the lady from an earlier episode known as Joker's Wild, where a man intentionally creates a Joker-themed casino so the Joker will destroy it and he'll make a fortune on the insurance. Great. Smart. Okay. That's a bad PBS. I'm not <laughs> it's impressed. not good. <laughs> it is bad. What are we watching next time, Mac? Well, I've got some good news for you fans of classic shows because we are going to be watching the original Miami Vice. Uh, Specifically, we are going to be watching Season 5, Episode 14, the episode called The Lost Madonna, originally debuted in March 17, 1989. Uh, St. Patrick's Day! Yay! Oh, interesting. St. Patrick's Day. Cool. All right. right, Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, If you would like to send us us a message... uh, if you'd like to send us any kind of messages, suggestions, ideas, or if you just want to uh, let us know how you, we're doing, uh, you can send us an email at mostlymurderbutsometimesnot at gmail.com. If you would uh, like to uh, send us anything at our uh, deluge of social media platforms, we are available uh, across the spectrum as Mostly Murder Pod. And thank you all for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. I must go. The night beckons. <laughs> its fingers curl and uncurl like, hey, come here. No. Bye. No. Bye. Need that saxophone. <laughs>
Thank you.